1: She knows sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Miss Princess Cooper, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hi, Miss Princess, how are you today?
0: I'm doing good, Brittany. I'm doing really good.
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. The weather is nice again. Uh, <laughs> let's hopefully it stays. I heard there's a cold front that's potentially coming this way. And I hope yeah, Brittany. When cool. I
0: woke up and saw the sun and went out in the sun today. It's still the palm trees of Florida. I thought about just, and I wonder if it's just nice in the north right now. So, yeah, a little chill is coming, even for this area, but let's enjoy this. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah, it was in the 70s today, so it
1: was definitely nice out here. But I heard somewhere in the Midwest they got a big snowstorm, so hopefully that
0: stays in the Midwest. We don't like that,
1: (laughs) especially (laughs) this far into April. But you ready to talk sports, Princess?
0: I'm ready to do it.
1: Let's get into it. All right, guys. So a couple days ago in the NFL, big news was announced. I don't know about for Cowboys fans or Washington fans or (laughs) Giants fans, but for Eagles fans, big news was announced. Um, It was announced that quarterback Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles have come to an agreement on a five-year, $255 million extension with $179.3 million guaranteed, which also includes a no-trade clause plus $15 million worth of incentives as well. Uh, he is now the highest-paid player in NFL history as of right now on an annual basis, not necessarily guaranteed money, but on an annual full contract
0: basis. Princess, what are your thoughts on this contract? Well, I think it's well-deserved. And I got a chance to listen a little bit to the sideline speaks and even the sports talk with K-Walk. And I heard E. Scott last night just discussing where Jalen Hurts has come from, being replaced by Tua, headed to Oklahoma, how he did there, you know, in the Heisman Trophy running, and then his draft spot, and then really turning the corner in 2022. Well-deserved. You have to say what an awesome, what a special year last year was for the Eagles, Um, and for Jalen Hurts and how he performed. Even the two um, weeks that he took off or took off was injured and out, and how he came back and how he performed and led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. There was no doubt that there needed to be um, a renegotiation or an extension, or you wanted to secure this type of talent in this type of locker room room Personality, this type of young man um, in your franchise. So this is where we are with five years. Um, this type of guaranteed money, um, and then the incentives there. Um, so let's see what he does with it. Do he does he repeat um, this performance? Can he lead them back now? The tools are still there, and you'd have to say that he will continue to grow from here. And um, kudos. The Eagles were much to my disdain that they know how to manage a team um, and the way that they've handled and brought in the pieces and negotiated. Um, You'd have to say that the Eagles are sitting pretty and one of the mainstays of that, the face of that. It's Jalen Hurts. Congratulations, young man. I'm happy for him. Um, disappointed that it's not my Cowboys that he's playing for, but I don't care who <laughs> he's playing for. He looks like me, and I want him to succeed. Absolutely. Well, well-deserved,
1: well-earned. And like you said, Princess, just his,
0: where he came
1: from, you know, the fact yeah. that he plays sports as a young man. His father coached him. Um, then he goes to Alabama. Was the starter like you said got benched in the nat- national championship game? Yeah, who came in took over. Um, he actually did pretty okay actually when he transferred over to Oklahoma as well. Um, but it had it was so many non-believers in this young man. So many non-believers coming into that draft. Uh, I mean, even here in Philadelphia when they drafted him, we had Carson Wentz. It was why do we need Jalen Hurts? We have Carson Wentz. Yada yada yada. Um. But he worked his butt off. He didn't say much during this time. He just worked his tail off. He became a leader of men. You know, he he Mm -hmm. has that charisma that we have really, I've never really seen here in the city of Philadelphia when it comes to a sports figure when they speak. It's like kind of like Obama. When they speak, you pay attention. (laughs) You know, they just Mm -hmm. grab all your attention. That's just who he is. Um, that this team trusts him. This organization trusts him. The fan base trusts him, and he already came out and said after signing that contract, "I want another Super Bowl. Uh, my my work ethic is not changing. I'm getting right back in the lab so we could go to another Super Bowl." Every free agent that they have signed so far this offseason said Jalen Hurts has called them and said, "Are you ready to go to the Super Bowl?" Um, So you already know where his mindset is. Um, but yes, congratulations to him. And also, we have to shout out his agent, yes, a black woman,
0: Nicole <laughs>
1: Lynn, because she negotiated this contract—the first black woman to negotiate such a contract in this magnitude—and she did her
0: thing. So we have to shout her out as well. Yeah, you know what? And and you have to say the complete package. That, um, and and I don't want to be um funny here, but I I want to make note. And man, he you know since he lost the dreads, he has become that dude. Um, and <laughs> I, I in so many ways, and he's matured so much. And um, he is the—I don't even know if he's an eligible ballot. He is that guy, and he has shown himself worthy of everything that he's getting right now. And and you, that's what you want to hear from your franchise quarterback—is that hey, we got there, um, and we almost won that thing. Um, if it were not for just a couple mistakes, you know, you're Super Bowl champ, and I'm sure he's hungry for more, um, and, and that's what you want to hear, that, hey, you know, let's not rest on this. We got paid now, but let's get to work. Yeah, and, and you you can – he was real
1: good uh, uh, about being, you know, good good sportsmanship after that Super Bowl, but just me knowing, you know, knowing what happened a couple years ago against the Bucks. Um, when they lost, or the couple games prior to that, when they lost to the Giants in the regular season, came back the next year said, "I'm going to make it my purpose to beat this team. If we play the Bucks again, I'm making it my purpose to beat uh, the Bucks." Um, so he has that in him. I made that mistake early on. There's a couple other mistakes. We want to get back there so we can make sure we finish this job this particular time. So. Kudos to him. I'm so happy he's in Philadelphia. Um, you know, he is uh, in a relationship, and I am happy for them as well. Because trust me, I always say, if he was old enough, <laughs> <laughs> he was old enough. But he's too young for you guys. He's too young for me. All right, princess, let's move on to the NBA. Um, as we know, it is the playoffs. But before we talk about the playoffs, um, recently – Apparently, players get, I guess, they get to vote on different things, what players they think is the MVP, what players, so forth, so forth. But this particular time, um, there were many players, I think they said about 108 players, that voted, uh, that voted, how you say this, overrated, voted, voted for who was the most overrated players in the NBA. So NBA players voted for the most overrated players. And two of these players are the Hawks guard Trey Young and Knicks big man Julius Randle. That's interesting to hear from your own peers, right? So, Princess, do you agree or disagree with the NBA players that voted for Trey Young and Julius Randle to be the
0: most overrated players in the NBA? Well, as far as Julius Randle is concerned, I'm going to start with him. And if, and I remember him coming out of Kentucky, and um, he was drafted by the Lakers. But I, I think for sure he has been really overrated to me in my eye. And I remember that first year. I don't think he played at all. He got injured, played one game or so. Um, but he's averaged around that 70-some mark as far as games played each year. But I don't know if he's ever lived up to the hype. And the Knicks, of course, is, has not lived up to to the hype in in quite some time. And I don't think that he did enough for the Lakers to have um, that kind of, um, uh, okay, he's arrived or he is a superstar or whatever. Um, I I think he averaged over 20 points a game this year. Um, The same thing last year and the same thing maybe two or three years in a row. But I don't know if we've ever tagged him as that all-star, that guy, you know, paired with just one more player, and they're headed to the NBA finals. Um, So, yeah, I'm saying Julius Randle is overrated. Trey Young, I, I still think the jewelry is still out. I remember that young man coming out of Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. So he's maybe two, three years at best into this league, and he's with the Atlanta Atlanta um, Hawks. And I, I think they've had to make some moves in order to get him there. And they've changed coaches, if I'm not mistaken, since he's been there. And the jury's still out, and he still has a chance. Um, so maybe it's his trash-talking that's gotten, gotten him this vote. But Julius Randall for sure, um, he, he's been in the league now 10 years, probably, mm-hmm. um, since, you know, um, 14 or 15. So, uh, I I think that's it. You know, the legacy's there. He hasn't done anything to say to me. Okay, who put it this way, Brittany? If you were to start a team, or if you said you needed one more mm-hmm. piece, you know, in order to get there, no one's going to look for Julius Randle. And and I think that says says a lot. And it says a lot for me to even say if I'm going to look for another piece. And it was Kevin Durant or Julius Randle. And you know how much I dislike Kevin Durant. Um, Overall, I'm picking Kevin Durant. I I think that says a lot. Yeah, you know what? It was funny
1: you said that. I was getting said, say, I don't think Julius Randle is that overrated until you ask that question. And I'm sitting there thinking, rethinking, well, maybe he is a little overrated because if he was that final piece that I needed he to get to the championship, I don't know if I
0: would call on Julius Randle. I'm Come like on Julie now, running. you call out a few, I, I a, a few more names <laughs> than before you say Julius Randall. You're, you're, yeah, that, that would be in a in a in a top ten or even a top five. He'd be five or he would be ten. Right. Yeah, you you definitely worry about that. Um, I think
1: when it's comparing him to his draft position, I think he was a top five, maybe top three pick. If I cannot, I can't exactly remember. It so long ago. Um if I'm not mistaken. I could be incorrect on that, guys. Um, No, I I do think he's overrated compared to where he was drafted. But I think Mm – I just feel like he's in the wrong role. A lot of times he plays that center role a little bit too much, and I always seen him as a stretch four. I think he could do a little bit more things because he he has the ability to shoot from the outside. He has a little bit of a, a, a handle, but for sure he is not a center. And I think too many teams, I think it started with the Lakers, and I believe the yeah. Knicks put him at that center position way too much for me. For me. He's a four. He's a four. Uh, uh, he he should be out on the wing. The only problem with that is defensively can he keep up with, you know, because it's more of a positionless league now. Um, so overrated, I Cause I
0: like Julius Randle. I try not to say he's overrated, but when you put it in that way, then yeah, he is a little overrated. Um, yeah, and I want to be positive about all of our young men. So we're not trying, I'm not trying to, to slight him, but when you just put it in the terms to say, Hey, we're going out to get a piece. Um, I, I don't know if that's the piece that we're going to look for or if he's in a top five or 10. And he was drafted seventh overall, um, coming out of Kentucky to the Lakers. Yeah.
1: So yeah, you're right. Because for me, um, let's see, if I might even look to like a Brook Lopez first. The way he's been playing lately, um, and I know that's Thank crazy, you. but his length, he just shoot the ball, and he has defensive incredible defensive abilities. Um, but for me, Trey Young, I think Trey Young is overrated. Guys, look, I know he to average about twenty eight per points per game, twenty six points per game. But I think he is just overrated. He plays no defense. And then he just thinks he's Seth Curry, um, and that drives me insane. He'll just shoot the ball from anywhere, and he gets himself into trouble with that versus making the right decision. I just think that he's a star, maybe a number two. I just never looked at Troy Young as this number one guy, you know, that could just take over a game, will his team to victory, I just don't see that in him. Again, like you said, princess, he's still young. You know, the jury is still out on him. But right now, I just I need to see it before I could believe it. I, I really do. So I guess you could say both of you guys are a little
0: bit overrated. They're
1: talented. I think super talented. I think
0: so. Trey Young is is a trash talker too, but he can shoot that rock. But again, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't. I just think we, you know, and, and maybe that's why he's getting some of this. I just think it's too too early for me to tell if he's in year three or year four. I can't right. give him that. I got enough. I got enough resume uh, on, on Julius Randall. But again, you know, I want to see them succeed and get all the money they can and play as long as they want to. But if you're just having these kind of votes and these kind of polls and surveys, it's kind of neat to see what others think and, and to have an opinion on it. Right, and to see what NBA players are thinking um, exactly. about their players.
1: So that's the biggest thing. So one thing for us to think about it, but when the NBA players start saying stuff, that's that's the ones we should be paying attention to. All right, Plantos, let's switch gears and let's head over to the NBA playoffs. We are still in round one, and we are already seeing some incredible fun series. The first series I would like to start with are your Lakers versus Memphis. So after the Lakers won game one, Memphis was able to beat the Lakers 103-93 in game two without their stars in John Morant to tie the series 1-1, heading into game three in Lakers town, L.A. What are your thoughts on this series so
0: far? Well, I was happy to see that the Lakers came out um, fast and, and, and looked good in game one. Um, you know, I, and they are in Memphis. So uh, the, the fact that they took one game, I'm considering you know, they've already flipped the home court advantage. Now they got a whole home home court. Um, but John Morant getting hurt did not help the Grizzlies. And then I was kind of super excited. Wow, can they go in there and take both games and come in, you know, two and zero into LA? And I, I thought that that the Lakers went in there and took them for granted. Or thought, as Shaq and, and Barkley said last night, he just thought they gonna, you know, could show up and get a win because they're the Lakers, and uh that didn't happen. This is still the NBA, and everybody can play. The starting five, the roster on the bench, these guys can really play ball, and misses is very fast. What I don't like about this, and maybe we'll talk about it, is the trash talking back and forth. But, you know, of course, LeBron is my guy, but – I think the Lakers did what they needed to do, and that is to flip home court advantage and get one. They did that. But I think they did themselves a disservice by coming in game two flat and taking them for granted and never really being in that game after the three, their first three-pointer. They were never in that game. you know. Um, and the Lakers went in the halftime down 14 or 15, and I don't think it got any better in the second half. They had a chance to do something, and they didn't. Um, and we could talk about where the blame needs to go, but they looked – all of them looked flat in that game.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because I actually think the Grizzlies play bright, better without John Morant, and I've said this for a long exactly. time. I think they spread the ball more uh, better, um, so everybody gets their hands on the ball, and they shoot the ball a lot more um, – a lot has – goodness, I can't think of what I'm trying to say here. here, uh, is more efficient from the field because they're spreading the ball mm-hmm. so much. Um, and I think the biggest thing with the Lakers, though, Anthony Davis, he has to understand that he is the key to the Lakers winning. LeBron is still one of the best players at his age. Even if he wasn't his age, he's still, even if he was five, six, seven years younger, he still would be one of the top players in the game but clearly O'Brien is not able to carry a team like he was, like he used to. Um, yeah. Anthony Davis has to understand, I have to come out, I have to give 100% each and every night. And the way he played in game two, to me, it was not great. Um, he needed to be more active defensively. Game one, he had three steals. That shows you how active he was in game one. Game two, he had none. I know steals is not a big thing, but as it's showing you, he wasn't as active as – he wasn't really as much into the game as he should be and could be, and he gets criticized for this time and time again. But having 13 points on 4-14 four uh, uh, shooting or field goal percentage, eight rebounds, zero, zero steals, we, we got to do a little better. The first game he did 22 points, 12 rebounds, three steals. He was a difference maker, in my opinion, between him and what they call him uh, – AR-15, <laughs> Austin Reeves, um, but they also have to understand Austin Reeves is not going to be able to give you 20, 20 to 25 points every game. He may be able to do it to give it for you maybe once in a while like he did in game one. And then also DeAndre Russell has to step up. Five points is terrible. You are the starting yeah. point guard, and you can shoot the ball. I need a much better game from you than that. Much better. So to me, I will put blame on it. Uh Anthony Davis, you're supposed to be the superstar. D'Angelo Russell, you're supposed to be the third star, uh, behind Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And they just gotta play better. They have to play
0: better and don't take this Grizzlies team lightly at all. Yeah. Um, I thought that uh A. D. was definitely off in that second game. He didn't he didn't look himself and he missed Give us a lot of, you know, close basket, um, you know, attempts. I, I was surprised at that. Um, and you're right. At, at 39 years old, I, I don't know what they're expecting for LeBron James to continue to have 30, you know, 10 and, and, and 4. I think that's ridiculous to continue to think that that's what he can do. In that first game, though, the bench really scored. And Hachimura mm-hmm. um, had, you know, was was on fire at, with, at three Points and, and had 29 points, 28 or 29 points. Um, they had a lot of good bench play in that first game. They didn't in that second game. And I don't know what has happened to D'Angelo. De- he seemed to have faded the more that they've gotten closer to this point. When LeBron was out, he was that guy. And it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they're getting that same contribution. And they have to, um, and, and to let up some of this off of uh, LeBron James. LeBron James, I don't think in – you know, he's, his legs are fresh because he's had some time. But, man, you know, the the playoff season gets long. And if they're going to be successful, they want to play and get to June. And I don't know if they're there, if they're struggling already in the first round. Um, or they're up and down in the first round, and that's where we find it. No, you're, you're right, uh, especially with D'Angelo Russell. It could be a situation of – and this is
1: James Harden's situation with the Philadelphia uh, Sixers. He didn't understand of when to be the, become the playmaker versus when he should shoot the ball. And that takes time, yeah. especially when you're dealing with two other stars on the team. Um, that could be a situation with D'Angelo Russell. Like, he hasn't been with the team the entire season, so he could still be working through that now that everybody is healthy and back in the lineup versus when LeBron wasn't there. He didn't have to worry about that. He was like, I'm your main, either your main scorer or your second scorer, so I know I just need to go ahead and score the ball. So that's that's probably what he's trying to
0: figure out and work through. Um, and, Brittany, I just to want to, to say go. quickly, too, we're, we're talking about Austin Reeves. I didn't know who Austin Reeves was. Um, I like him. And <laughs> I like him. And he's emerged, and he has become a sharpshooter. Um, but, but, and they have talent. Just look at what they got rid of and what they got in you know, with D'Angelo and with Malik Beasley. And, and then there's Austin Reeves emerging. And, you know, they they have a nucleus now that can save the legs of LeBron for a long time in this. Um, but uh, AD doesn't look like he is going to, you know, be consistent. And I want him to be consistent. Let's see what happens um, in Game 3 and Game 4. And they really have to show me Game 3 and Game 4, so that I can say, okay, they really want to take this first round. Absolutely. AD is the key, and they are at home. So
1: let's yeah. see what happens. All right, guys, yeah. we're going to switch gears, or we're we going to still stay with the playoffs, but we're going to switch teams for a series. Um, now we're going to talk about – well, let's we'll go right into it. So the Suns beat the Clippers 123-109 in game two to tie the series 1-1 after both both Chris Paul – and Devin Booker went off in that second half. Oh my! Paul had 16 points. Most of it came in the fourth quarter, and Booker had ended with uh, 38 points. But today, it was announced that Kawhi Leonard will not be playing in Game Three due to re-injuring his knee.
0: And
1: says, do you think the
0: Clippers can win Game Three at home without Kawhi? No. No, as a matter of fact, I watched game one and said, wow, Kawhi Leonard can play basketball still. I remember him being drafted by the Spurs and going, okay, who's this dude? I remember him taking the Raptors all the way to a a championship and and how he's handled all of this and come back from injury. He looked so fluid and so good in game one. Um, And then in game two, uh, you know Chris Paul and Devin, Devin Booker had to say, "Hey, you know, bump what has been added." We were winning before KD got here, and we can shoot this rock, and that's what they did in the second half and won that game. If he's injured in Game Three, um, I think I always say that Game Three and Four really is the kind of turning point of any series. I don't, I don't. They can't win the series without uh, Kawhi, Russell Westbrook. Um, I thought played a hustle game, but he, he you know, he's not a consistent shooter. He's not that one that's going to give you a double-double every night. And um, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. If he can't come back and play in this series, then they're in trouble. And Paul yes. George for sure is out this series if they make it to the next. Then Paul George will be considered. He's, you know, ramping up his activity and practicing more. But um, they're already down. And if they lose Kawhi throughout, then then it's, it's it's a wrap. As Stephen A. Smith was saying, I'm I'm not a fan of Stephen A. But it's a wrap. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I don't think I could disagree with you on this one, Princess. I just don't see it. I mean, they have KD. They have the clips. I'm sorry, the Suns have KD. Uh, uh, Chris Paul, Booker, DeAndre Ayton, um, oh, my goodness, I can't think, uh, Craig, I think his name is Torrey Craig, Bismarck Biambo. I'm just running, around, uh, running them down because of how many scorers are on this team. And if they want, they can step up their defense as well. And without the Clippers, without Kawhi, not only is Kawhi the scorer on this team, he's also important because his defensive abilities. He can shut down – the opposing star, or at least make it very difficult for them to score. Um, I love Russell Westbrook with the Clippers. I love how he's been playing the last couple games. He's been hustling, um, doing all of the dirty work. The last game, he was a little bit more efficient in his scoring, although like you alluded to, he's not the best scorer at all. I just don't think that's enough with just Westbrook, Gordon, and and Norman Powell. Um, Is it Norman Powell? Norman Powell. I love I love Terrence man. I'm just not sure. I, I uh, I'm not sure. I think this one is going to be a L. They may prove me wrong because sometimes you always have that underdog that always fights that much harder. You know, I've seen it a couple times in the regular season with the Sixers, and they didn't have James Harden and Joel and Joel and B. But this is the playoffs. This is a different monster. Um, I I think Game Three is a loss for the Clippers. But you know, hopefully he'll be back game four,
0: and we'll see what happens then. Yeah, Brit, and just think about it—it's the playoffs, and if he's not playing, um, you know, he's not hurt; he's injured. You know, because you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and get out right. there if you can in the playoffs. So something is wrong, um, and I hope it doesn't turn into two games. Um, I hope he comes back and makes this a series and, and, and makes it a tight series. Right. Exactly.
1: All right, guys, so we're going to go into one more game. Uh, Warriors – I'm sorry, one more series. Warriors versus the Kings. The Warriors are down 2-0 in the series after losing 106-114 to the Kings. Now the Warriors get home court for game three and game four. Can they tie this series without Draymond Green in game three? But he returns in game four at home. Princess, do you think they can eventually tie the
0: series? You know, Brittany, let me just back up and say I've just started watching the Sacramento Kings. You've been talking about them quite often throughout the year, but I've just really started paying them attention, like the beam of Sacramento, for sure. And, and they've been doing that. Now they're up to, you said, because I said, hey, the Warriors, their they're championship team, you know, um, they know how to win. The playoffs are a different monster. I don't think the Kings can do anything. Congratulations, Mack Brown. Um, and where you have them, and you pick them, I pick the Warriors, the Kings are up 2-0, headed into um, Golden State, and they're without Draymond Green. Hopefully we can talk about that next, um, the whole, you know, mantra, of what is going on with that. But, you know, the Warriors are going to have to bring it, and they can't afford to lose. And They can't afford to lose Game 3. If they lose Game 3, the series really is over. And even at this point, you know they have five games left and they got to win four of them, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so it's it's tough. And Draymond didn't do him any favors, so I'm saying that the Warriors take Game Three just because their backs are up against the wall and they know how to bring it. But um, on the other side. Those Kings are some fast, healthy, young brothers who can jump and shoot that ball and are not scared.
1: Yeah. Uh, whew, this is going to be an interesting series for the Warriors because um, this game three is a must-win. There has never mm-hmm. been any team in the history of the NBA that has come back from a 3-0, uh, I'm sorry, has come back to win a series after being down 0-3. Never. That's right. Um, I know a couple of teams made it nervous. I know a couple of years ago, the Sixers almost, like the only team that allowed the team to come back down 0-3. I'm like, it's always Philadelphia team somewhere involved in history.
0: <laughs> um, but,
1: no, I agree. This I love this young Kings team. I will say they had to improve their defense. Um, they've been doing okay defensively, which allowed them to win the first two games. Um, but I think the Warriors will be smart enough to figure that defense out. Actually, the Warriors have enough to over or to conquer whatever defense is set that the Kings are trying to do. It's just that, that difference is Draymond Green. It's, it's going to be interesting for the Warriors because I think they depend on him so so much, and you can see that in Game Two. They were, I think, they were in the league or almost there. You know, they take the league and as soon as he got ejected from that game they went and allowed okay. the Warriors to score 22 23 points when less than 7 minutes left in the entire ball game you cannot play like that um but the Warriors are smart they're a well-oiled machine they play at their playing at home which they are a much better team at home than they are away and they've been like that the entire season i think when they play away they're Worse, they're like top, bottom 3 in the league as far as uh, uh playing away from their home arena uh um, which is not good so if they don't win game 3 they are not winning this series at all this series is oh, over yeah. in 4 or 5
0: point blank period yeah so they have yeah, to yeah you win know um, and, and and let's talk about Draymond here and that Um, And I know Sabonis, as as my kids would say, well, started it. You know, well, Sabonis started it and Draymond finished it. It, But he couldn't play off that stomp in the chest. And Mm -hmm. I I know it was probably an emotional reaction. And that really has been it is that um, Draymond, you can't tell me any different. I've watched this young man through Michigan State and in the league with the NBA. He is not emotionally um, wrapped too tight. And once he loses that control, he loses that control. Or as John Chaney said, the the pioneer legend that played that coached for Temple University it in basketball. You. That's right, that's right. Emotionally drunk. And he used to say that John Chaney used to say that about the University of Florida and Joe Kim Noah. That sometimes he was emotionally drunk. Well that has been Draymond Green. And I don't know what, you know, in the press conference saying that, hey, I couldn't, I'm a big guy, I can't step too far out. You know, that was just the next logical step, and it happened to be his test. Come on, Draymond. <laughs> you yeah. knew what you were doing. and and But your emotional response to him antagonizing you was a bit too far. And um, not only did it get you ejected and it, helped the Sacramento Kings to refocus and win that game. But now we're looking at game three. And also, as I talked about earlier this week, I didn't hear what you guys said on this particular thing. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. the ejection, but Draymond was hyping up the crowd. Yeah, come on. And, And completely just egging the crowd on and acting very immature. And Adam Silva was at the game. Now, come on. He may have let him slide with, okay, that was an end game reaction, but all of that foolishness afterwards, I thought, really warranted and gave him for sure, 100%, you're going to get suspended and sit down. That's not a representation of the league that we really want. We don't want all of that. And that, there we yeah. are. Here we are in game three. Yeah, it became a little too much. Um, fine, if
1: you want to say you couldn't step out far, if that's where it ended, I'm pretty yeah. sure you still be playing um, at, here in game three. But it was just too much of the antics, like you said, running up and down a court. Uh, yeah. Uh, talking back <laughs> to the crowd, acting like you ain't got no sense. Um just head up to the <laughs> Right. Like, you knew what you were doing. But the problem is you thought about you first instead of thinking about your team first. And to me, that is mm-hmm. the problem with Draymond Green. He never thinks about his team. I mean, just look at it when he – sucker punches uh, Jordan Poole, not to bring that back, but he suck, sucker punched Jordan Poole in the off season. Like, do you realize the damage you could have caused that young man a lot, all because he said some words to you? So what? So what? Your yeah. words. But not only, like, you sitting there thinking about yourself, you think about other people, you would not to sucker punch that young man. Maybe you would have talked to him. He's younger than you. Mentored him. And then you would have thought about your team first, because if you lose Jordan Poole, was about a valuable player to that bench or to your team, then what are you going to do? The team is already struggling a little bit. So that that was interesting. I do think the, the suspension, I didn't want that to happen, but I do understand why they did it. I felt like it was enough ruling on the court to handle it. I think the Warriors suffered after losing game mm-hmm. two. Um, And I just don't think it'll be the same in game three because he's such a valuable, important piece to that Warriors game. We're not going to see that same entertainment exciting of a game. But I mean, we'll see what happens. The good thing is hopefully, well, he might not learn from this, but his team is saying let's just gather together and get this W. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens.
0: Brittany, remember the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green thing. And, but Draymond was taunting him. Draymond yeah. was walking around him and kind of saying stuff and back and forth and egging him on and saying stuff. So finally, you know, okay, as a grown man, um, Jordan Poole was not just going to sit there and take it in right. practice in front of everybody else. Okay, I'm a wolf mm-hmm. back too. So now you are taunting him, your teammate, talking junk. He talks back to you, and you think you should be quiet, so you pop off and hit him. The, I thought the Warriors Warriors handled that the best they could. You know, they kept it really in-house, not a whole lot mm-hmm. filled out. But remember, two days after the incident, Jordan Poole gets an extension and a huge contract. So
1: that's him. That
0: <laughs> exactly. And here, fast forward, they make it through the season. They don't have the best of seasons. But as they said, hey, we're just trying to get to the playoffs. And we get to the playoffs, we understand what we got to do. The regular season is the regular season. The playoffs is the playoffs. Well, Draymond has brought that same foolishness um, of not controlling everything that he needs to control into the playoffs, and they may find themselves down 3-0 if they're not careful. If his teammates can pull it off, they still come, come back at, at a 2-1 deficit. Let's see what they can do. But, again, it's a big, tall task considering the momentum that the Kings are playing with, the athleticism they're playing with, and the fact that they are playing like they're not afraid of them. They didn't play the best of defense. But once they did steal the ball, they were out on that fast break and made, them, made the Warriors look old, made them look old and not fast enough. This is going to be interesting, and I love NBA playoff ball. I love this type of time of season. Absolutely, absolutely. Princess, are we heading into break? <laughs> no, nope, nope. We're going to do go through yours, and then we're going to we're going to fast wrap at this and end the show. Let's go through all, all the right. All right.
1: But speaking of that, it looks like uh, Embiid and Nick Claxton just got into a situation. Nick Claxton decided to stand over Embiid, and Embiid just kicked his foot up in the air like, get out of here. So we'll see what happens Uh on that. Could that be a flagrant one or two? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But, all right, guys, let's switch back to the NFL. Um, So in a recent press conference, Miami Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, oh, I finally said it, recently stated he did consider retirement after having three major concussions last season, but ultimately decided to return to football. I know most people would say it's only two, but if you count it, it was technically three.
0: Do you think this is a good idea? What were your thoughts, Brittany? I'm I'm speaking straight to Tua Tonga Viola. I hope I got it right. I'm speaking straight to him, retired young man. That's three, not just minor concussions, and I don't even know if you could ever say a concussion is minor because I've had one playing sports in college, and it was no joke. It was, okay, where am I? My head hurts. What happened? Um, And it is a fog for a few days, and to have three of those and to see some of that play out on that field was really heart-wrenching to me. And if it was heart-wrenching to me not having a a family connection, a blood connection, because I definitely had an emotional connection as a mom, I don't know what does. Now, and he's a smaller dude, and as I said, retire, and I said it in our thread, the NFL is getting bigger and faster and bigger and faster and bigger and faster. And they're not going to not hit these young men, and that Mm. turf, is no joke. And, hey, NFL, if you're now making all of these billions of dollars, um, the best surface is grass. Do that for these young men out there making millions and running around. Give them that hope. But any hits and the jarring of the head on the back of the surface of the field, because that happened several times, or the back of a helmet or the back of a knee, I'm I'm concerned for two, and I wish he had considered retirement seriously and done it, and nobody could have been mad at him. Nobody would have, but he is trying to feed his family. He has a family now, a young family, but um, I'm concerned, Brittany. Mm-hmm. I want to be positive for him, and I am cheering him on, but I'm worried. And because of that situation, I won't watch many Miami Dolphin games. I refuse to, because I don't want to. I don't want to witness another. Um, what I saw this year from him, I don't want to witness another one.
1: Yeah, I, this one is so hard, um, because you know you want this young man to um, to enjoy his career, to have fun in his career, exactly. to be successful in his career. But three major concussions where we've literally seen his body seize up. That was Gary's sight. Uh, one of the scariest sights that we have ever seen on a football field outside of the the DeMar Hamlin situation. Thank goodness he's okay. Um, But to have three major concussions, two back-to-back, and a third one a week or two later, um, and every one he just drops to the ground. Like you said, as his mother, how do you feel? How do you think? Like that is your baby, and you just want them to be okay. Um, I kind of wish he decided to say, hey, uh, you know, um, I just want to – I'm going to retire, make sure my brain is okay, make sure – because I have a long life to live, like you said. Like you said, he has family now, so he can't just think about himself anymore. I understand his decision. He loves football. This is all he knows as of right now. But he also needs to know and understand that football is only momentary. momentarily. It is very – Ten years max, maybe if you're lucky. If you're one of the good stars, uh, great stars, yeah. you get ten years. Everybody else, maybe five to seven, and some. And for running backs, they say a lot of running backs is no more than about three or four years
0: right. before
1: they're gone. So, and like we always say, NFL stands for not for long. Um, so mm-hmm. I can say, I, I guess you, you know he loves football that much, and, and we can see it. But I'm, I'm there, I am nervous for this young man. Like you said, he's not the biggest guy. And if they don't show up that offensive line, he's gonna see another big hit and we just hope and pray for the best that he gets up and is okay because that was one of the most scariest sights I've seen in a long time on the football field. And we know how dangerous this, this
0: this ball game is. He seized up. There was trauma to his head and his entire body mm-hmm. is seized up. And he's twenty five years old. Twenty five mm-hmm. 25, you know, I don't, I doubt he plays till 35, but let's just say that he receives one more. That you are risking your long, long-term health. There's a lot more that you can do within the game besides play it. You can coach it or manage it or do other things or even talk about it. But um, right. at that age, we we feel that we're going to live forever and that we can be. But it's 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 the quality of life. And I'm worried about Tua. Um, and I grew up a Miami Dolphins fan, and I still, you know, want to see them succeed. And I want to see any player that wants to play play, but I don't want right. them to be in jeopardy. Um, and he has a propensity to get concussions. That's already been proven. Mhm. And he's and yes. he's playing a violent game. Right. So we're just gonna pray and hope the best
1: for him, and hopefully he's just as successful as every other star quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that most importantly, his health is good. His health is good. Yeah. That's the most important yeah. part. But all right, Princess,
0: I'm going to throw it to all you.
1: Right. <laughs> Amen.
0: You know what? We said we're going to, hey, let's get in a quick 30 minutes. No such thing. You and I get get talking about sports, and we can definitely do this for a long time. Congratulations for a great week to everybody that's been on radio. Next week is the NFL draft. We'll be watching. As a matter of fact, never had it so good. It's going to have its own version of a mock draft Monday night for two hours. Join us from because 7 to I'm 9. I'm so mad at
1: myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> are I you?
0: forgot to
1: put in my number, so I'll be listening. Oh. So, so, you guys. Amen.
0: Amen. But it'll be fun. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Walker, shout out to you. You know, I have that number two pick, but you're at four, so maybe we don't need to do a trade. I don't think I'm going to trade out my number two spot. But this is She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess. We're excited to be here on Thursdays at 7 p.m., and we'll see you next Thursday. Oh, Brittany, you know what? I don't think we'll be on. Isn't next Thursday starting the draft? Oh, it is, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. Brittany and I will not be on next Thursday. We'll be on the following Thursday to talk about and recap it, but we're going to take next Thursday off. I always do. We'll be texting each other through the thread um, during the draft. So enjoy that. We'll see you next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Brittany, have a great weekend, and have a great Thursday evening, okay? You too. Go Sixers. Hopefully. (laughs) Go Sixers. Go Lakers. Never had a so good sports radio.